warning. You're about to hear unfiltered insights about regenerative agriculture and our sovereign right to natural food. This is not just a podcast, but a patriotic movement against the tide of food ignorance and corporate food giants shaping our modern food system. It's time to feed the people. Hello, AJ. What's up, Brooks? I'm well. Good to see you again. A little different behind me today. It looks awesome, bro. Thank you. Step one. <laughs> yeah. Step one complete. I'm in. I'm awesome. here. And we're ready for yet another episode of the Feed the People podcast. Let's just give them a little volume on that skunk holler. Oh, just yeah. remember the sound. Oh, skunk holler. And we're here for episode number 15. You had something that you wanted to talk about today. And so whenever you're ready, if you'd like to set up the audience, yeah. tell, set them up and then ask for your clip and we'll be yep. off to the races. <clears throat> Fantastic. So for the listeners, you know, I kind of threw a curveball this morning. We had a, we have a show planned and um, there's been something that's been weighing on my, my heart and my mind for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and it was strengthened last night by a clip I shared that we're going to play here in just a minute. But, you know, so I, I served in Iraq and, uh, you know, I was a young man signed up to go serve my country feeling like that was the right call. This was before becoming an older man, I'm not old. I'm in my, I'm 40, but let's say a wiser man and recognizing that, uh, I wasn't there for, I was there personally for a patriotic duty, but who I was there serving my country, I don't believe I was there for the right reason. I don't think we were there for the reason that we were told. Uh, I've met many veterans that feel the same way. We're not ashamed of our service because we only knew what we knew. And frankly, we were manipulated to go do the bidding of old men in Congress that had other agendas. Anyway, I say that to kind of set up this uh, this understanding that I have, and it's and I'm not an expert. I'm not. I wasn't special forces. I didn't deal with this firsthand. I have many friends that are in that space, but um, it's kind of let's call it observational science, observational uh, awareness. And what I'm talking about are terror attacks by actual terrorists, actual extremists. What we saw happen in Israel. And this is not an Israel versus Palestine thing. What, what I'm talking about is, I'm going to go granular, the human beings that executed those people, but also executed that mission. I'm talking about those people, those extremists. So the developed world has been arguing over climate change. They've been arguing over COVID vaccinations. We've been arguing on, over transgenderism. We've been arguing over uh, cows are the problem and fake meat is the solution. And the global elite who, by the way, I don't think have any connection with the fanatic fanaticism that I'm discussing. I think they're like, there's two factions, right? You have the world economic forum, the world health organization and all of, and the UN over here doing their chasing their agenda. And then you have the 
Muslim extremist population on their side. Now, I want to make sure that I'm I'm heard correctly. When I say Muslim extremist, I'm talking about a different segment of the Muslim community. I have many friends that are – it's a very inappropriate time for that that AI crap. If you're watching a video – Riverside like, did it. It was not a production move by us. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so if you're not – if you're just listening to audio, there was like a bunch of fireworks that went off behind my head, was, which is does not match the conversation. But uh, – I have many friends that are Muslims that I, I love them. I would, frankly, I would lay down my life for them because they're good human beings, good people. So this isn't a religious discussion. This is an extremist conversation. Muslim extremists, the ones that are killing their own people, by the way, because it's not, again, it's not a religious thing. It's an extremist thing. Brooks, they have not been distracted by this stuff. They don't give two shits. They're not trying to shut down their power plants to go to wind sol- to wind energy or solar energy. They're not trying to convert everybody to drive EVs instead of gasoline cars. They're not trying to fight for somebody's right to call themselves a they, them, a he, she, a she, he, whatever. They're not trying to go fake meat over real meat. They're not doing any of that. And in fact, I believe they're using this opportunity as the Trojan horse. And with our borders being open, they have funneled tens of thousands of people across the border that are waiting. These are military age males that are waiting to do the bidding of their leadership when they're called to do so. Tens of thousands. The the most recent estimates that I've heard is that 17 million illegals have crossed our border just in the last few years. They are not friendlies. Not all of them. In fact, I would tell you that the majority of them, because I've seen, I've watched videos of long, long lines of people, military age males is what we call them in the military, crossing our borders. And they are infiltrating this country and they're being moved into large cities, primarily blue cities, because they have made themselves vulnerable to sanctuary. So, Brooks, uh, let's play the clip from the sheriff that just came out a couple of uh, a few hours ago, a couple days ago. We'll start it off with uh, my name is Rick Jones. I'm the Butler County Sheriff, Butler County, Ohio. Um, I just came back from a national sheriff's training in uh, D.C. uh, three days ago, two days ago. We were briefed by the FBI director, Ray the director of the FBI, and several federal agencies. There's 3,300 sheriffs in the United States. The President of the United States refuses to meet with the sheriffs of the 3,300. We have a hierarchy. We have a president. We have a vice president. President of the United States refuses to meet with the sheriffs. He also refuses to meet with the police chiefs of the United States. They have a hierarchy also. He refuses to meet with them to talk about border issues or talk about crime that's going on because of the border issue. We were also told by Mr. Ray, the FBI director, that there are more red flags going off now than before 9-11, okay? When I say red flags, meaning people that are here in this country that are wanting to do harm to us. We were also explained we're in the we're bombing two countries right now. Two countries. These people do not like us before this started. 
There's thousands of people here from other countries, 160 different countries. They're here not to be our friends. Some of them are coming because they're wanting to come here to the best country in the world, the way we see it. Some are coming here to do harm to us. And we were told by the FBI director, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. <clears throat> so I am not in professional law enforcement, but that gentleman is. And what he's doing is warning you. So let me give you some – let's give you some practical advice if you're hearing that because if you're living in a state of fear when you hear stuff like that, it's – I'm willing to bet it's – that fear is attached to not being prepared. The more prepared you are, the more comfortable you are handling a weapon, the more – food storage you have in case you can't get down to the grocery store or in case there's no trucks coming to town because of major disruptions. The more prepared you are, the more you can think clearly to protect, provide, and preside for your family if you are in that particular role. Uh, and also, this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, but what's never stopped me before, young ladies – when I say young ladies, I'm saying teens and up. You unfortunately live in a time where masculinity has been vilified for a long time. I cannot think of the last time I saw a movie out of Hollywood that put the male in the dominating leadership position. Most of what you see now, the male is a beta He's not. He's the goofball. Like especially TV shows. I've my kids don't watch television anymore. But when I was watching the shows they were watching, every little kids TV show has all males. Whether it's the dad or the boys in the show, they're the goofballs that are completely incapable of leadership. And it's the females who are the ones that are the 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 the, the sound mind, the rationale. Uh, the rational thinking, right? They're the leaders. And I'm not saying that women can't. I mean, our co-host, Brooke, phenomenal leader. But what I am saying is that because of that and also because of uh, distractions like video games and poor food, poor nutrition, you know, a young man now has the testosterone level lower than a 60-year-old because of food. And because of lifestyle. So there's no testosterone. Masculinity has been vilified. And so now, ladies, a possible, if there was ever a, a, a major national emergency, for the first time in history, you might be drafted. Because, and, and this discussion was being had just only a few months ago about drafting women. Because the feminist movement has led us down this path to where it's equality, so we better make everything equal. The last thing I would ever want to see is a woman have to be drafted. Now, if a woman chooses to volunteer, great. It's a choice. But a draft to be killed, to, to put your life on the line, that is not the role that, you know, we have to have balance. It's a, it's a partnership. Somebody has to manage the home while the other one provides for the home. So 
I, dig I digress. Young ladies, I've seen you become the leaders. I am a father of three daughters, and I am seeing them step up and lead because there's a there's an imbalance in the world, and it's hard for me as a father to to a father who also understands the dynamics here to like not want to over masculinize my daughters through training and influence because I'm worried that they're not going to find that in a young man, but also knowing that the chances they'll find that in a young man are less likely in our day and age. So they might have to, my daughters might have to change the tire. If they get a flat, they might have to know how to change the oil in the vehicle. They might have to be the ones that know how to handle a weapon and go hunting and providing for their family because the young men in our, in our community, in our, in our nation, they can't, they're not capable of that anymore. This is not me saying this is research, factual evidence and research that's been put out. And now we have imminent, we have an imminent threat on our soil. So ladies, if you're, if you have evolved in the role of being a protector, it's time to do so. And what I would say is, let me go back to the preparedness. What the, what's the actual things you can do? Have some food storage know how to handle a weapon, a firearm. They're not cheap. You might need to have one pistol and one rifle. And I'm going to say an AR, an automatic assault rifle. They're not automatic anymore. They're, they're, they're being vilified by the left that want to control our right to have access to this. So just get one of each and then stockpile your ammunition. Now, this is going to probably not last very long on YouTube. Brooks, what do you think? <laughs> well, uh, you it's know, think we have rumble. are you formally making suggestions? I mean, I don't think that this is anything controversial. We have a legal uh, and constitutional right to arm ourselves. Agreed. But I don't think that big tech in certain forms agree on that. Well, they can take it up with the Supreme Court as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right, right. Totally. Um, as far as just, I mean, there's got to be survivalist channels that talk about arming yourselves on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually glad you brought that up. And they were, and a lot of them have been shut off just so you know. But uh, I have a friend, Mike Glover. I was actually on his, uh, I was a guest on the uh, uh, Black Rifle Coffee podcast when he was hosting. Um with Mike and Mike runs field craft survival. So that's the other thing you can do. If you're sitting here listening, like I am, my sympathetic nervous system is just flowing because I'm hearing all this and I'm, I don't know what to do. That's you can, you can, you can, uh, get that under control. Like I was saying a minute ago with proper training. Well, where do you go for that training? There are professionals like Mike Glover field craft survival who provide that training. As an example, you have, uh, Tim Kennedy, who also provides that training. I mean, there's, there's many of them, but look for them and start seeking that training because we are going to need you. We're going to need the citizens to help repel this because, uh, of where we're at with, with uh, our nation because of the elected officials. So yeah, bro head Brooks, I can see you have some thoughts. <laughs> this is just one man's opinion, please. There is no other thing more patriarchal than forcing women to act like men. Mm. What could be more? Because all patriarchy means is leadership of a father. Mm. All matriarchy means is leadership of a mother. 
-hmm. We have the ultimate form of patriarchy where women were convinced to act like men. Mm -hmm. What is more patriarchal, take care like a man, than forcing women to behave in a way or encouraging women to behave like men? Right. Now, the original spirit of that movement could have been, we want to be free to live on our own accord. And to that, I agree and applaud. Nobody 100%. should be forced into a domestic environment that is uh, not for them or unsafe or any of those things. But when you lift up the idea that the right thing to do as a woman is to act like a man as opposed to the right thing to do is to choose what you think is best. Mm -hmm. When you say you should act like this, you should go work for this. This is what independence and freedom looks like. It looks like being a man. And that, <laughs> yeah. and that to me is the most patriarchal thing that you could ever perpetuate. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. Yeah. And then the second thing is, uh, we happen to have a clip from the real Bradley with dry Dry Creek Dwayne. I couldn't find his last name. You'll recognize his voice. And this is his take on what it means to be a man. In the videos that I've watched, you're talking a lot about masculinity. What do you think the role of a man is? To protect and to serve the weaker. What about provide? Absolutely. Scripture says a man that provides not for his family is worse than an infidel. Does it? Yeah. Oh, didn't know that. Oh, heck yeah. That's good to know. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Other hot take right there. It, mm -hmm. it, the, the, the Biblically, you as a man not taking care of your family and stepping up and playing that role is worse than being the people that we're here warning other people about. Right. In the infidel conversation, spiritual conversation, if you happen to be on the Christian side, the uh, uh, extremist Muslim side would consider us infidels, mm -hmm. which, you know. Hey, two sides mm -hmm. of the same coin, right. um, but to act or to ask women to live like men and to serve like men and to die like men in that, you know, in that mm, particular context is the most patriarchal thing that could exist. In my opinion, we need yeah. patriarch. We need patriarchy and matriarchy to come together the only way that this is going to make sense is for people to understand what patriarchy and matriarchy are and then to rise them up at the same time. And that's just not happening. Right. Uh, and it's having consequences and we're, it puts at least right now us in the United States uh, in what could be considered an imminent threat because there's going to be so, so many un underqualified young men and middle-aged men by this point generate, I mean, Gen X was part of that train. Yeah. Gen Y is part of that train. There's a lot of, mm -hmm. just say it like fat, out of shape, incapable of serving themselves or other people, men out there. That's right. And it's just, it's just a fact. And when you look at what other countries are preparing their young men to do countries that we may at the, surface level consider enemies or, or counter to our uh, way of life. They're certainly preparing their young men to do something. Yeah. And, and it, and it ain't argue about gender or 
Uh, it isn't all of the things that you rattled off at the beginning. It's not to talk about poor food or to try to slip in these climate change agendas. They are teaching young men how to be prepared for combat and war yep. and how to have the intellect and the, and the intelligence to navigate that climate and environment. Yeah. I've lived in Asia, Eastern Asia. I have gotten to see China, Korea, Japan way up close. This is not just uh, an uninformed white guy sitting down in a booth somewhere. I've been to these countries. I've lived in one of them. And anybody that wants to tell me what China is and is not, I'll ask them one question. Have you ever been there? I've been there. I've stood on top of the Great Wall into places that people would never see. I traveled hours to go into the small, rubbleized parts of the Great Wall that people would never see. I've been there. Have you been there? Oh, we got, yeah, I accidentally. Yeah, climbed. go ahead and play this. Perfect. Yeah, this is a great time. Men like this, some people will see this and hear this clip and think, yeah, this guy's being really arrogant. This guy's speaking to you in a non native language. Yep. He's speaking to us in our native language very confidently, I might add. Mm -hmm. Very confidently, I might add. Here, uh, this is the you're going to know who I am clip. Smart enough, you would know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Very easy. Ah, very easy. The, the entitlement. The entitlement. Uh, no, believe me. I'm much better than that. The entitlement, guys. Wow. Please, by the way. He's just... And that, there, do you know who that ended up being? Yes. Please. Yeah. So that, I mean, that gentleman, that person they found, tracked him down. He was in prison for 12 years, was just released in January of last year. He was the leader of a, of an extremist group in, I think it was Arabijan, and was known for trafficking weapons. And I saw, you know, social media is... It's really hard to know what's real and what's not, you know, just like you listening to me. I don't take what I say for gospel. Listen to it. And if it strikes you as something worth researching, go and do your own research. I do not want to be taken as because I'm often wrong, just so you know. In this particular conversation, I have enough experience and observing enough and then the backup of the sheriff talking about it to know that I'm. I'm not exactly wrong now. Tactics and when it happens and so forth, I couldn't predict that. And if I tried, I'd probably be wrong. But don't take this for what I'm saying. Just go and do your own research. But uh, this is somebody who's now in our country. They don't know where he's at. And so I, I, where I was going at with that, with that, um, with the social media, is I heard another person post that in her town. Somebody from the federal government called and booked 75% of the hotel's capacity and shipped in migrants. And every one of the migrants that got off the bus were males, military age males. I don't know where they were from. She didn't, you know, didn't break it down that far. And then she mentioned something about a delivery person at the hotel receiving packages, boxes, crates. And in those crates were weapons. And it was delivered to the hotel. Now, it's social media. I haven't heard any credible backup for that. But I would assume that that's probably what is going to happen. 
They're here. Now it's about smuggling the weapons across the border. And with how much chaos is going on at the border, it's it's been it, – only now is Texas starting to push back and really do something about it. But for a much longer amount of time, there was nothing being done, and they were flooding over in in massive amounts of, of people. Weapons are coming across. I don't know in what bulk volume, but I was listening to a rancher on the New Mexico border, and she was riding – uh, this was a, I was in the conference hearing it right from her. She was out riding, looking for her cattle and she was walking up a wash that was too steep to ride the horse up. And it was barely wide enough for her to ride through. And she came up on a bush. And when she got close enough, she said six men in fatigues, carrying machine guns in her words, stood up in New Mexico they were drug mules, cartels in our country with assault rifles on their person. So you do that enough time with how many people have come across and then just leave one behind and leave one behind and leave one behind and you go back empty handed. A lot of this, uh, um, what also for context, what others may not understand about the situation is with the drug cartels and very likely with these factions of uh who knows which representative group they're from that could be making their mm -hmm. way they account ahead of time for being caught they yeah. they they account statistically knowing that that, that let's just call it i don't know the numbers 10 percent. you're going to catch 10 percent, and in fact we're going to let you catch 10 percent. yep and we factor that in ahead of yep. time so we know yep. how much we need to push through the system because we know how much we're going to get caught. Yeah. And they factor that into the equation. Drug company, I mean, drug, drug cartels have been doing this for a long time. They smuggle, yep. they, and they even send out like busts and give tips to bust their own selves. To, to distract. To distract so they can move more product in. And if, they, they so very intimately understand the insufficiencies of our own system. So way more than Americans do. Yeah. Way more it's than like the, the average American. Yeah. It's like the pharmaceutical industry. A lot of people don't know this, but when they create a new drug, they do the pro forma, the financial model on that drug. And they say, okay, we can make a hundred million dollars and people are going to have problems and we're going to get sued and we're going to have to pay $50 million. Mm-hmm. But we, but we still make a $50 million profit, so we're going to release it anyway, Get as, make this $100 million, make as much as we can, and then as soon as we get sued, we will pay the bill. But guess what they're not doing? They're not destroying the drug. They just simply shelve it until they can rebrand it for a new purpose with the same pro forma model. It's the same, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Well, going back to where we, the main line of conversation being the migrant situation. Yeah. I'm going to play a clip from uh, Epoch TV mm -hmm. about the UN's budget for migrants and how that's impacting <laughs> Americans. Yes. The United Nations just released the 2024 Interagency Coordination Platform for Refugees and Migrants from Venezuela. 
And it notes that a planning and budget document for handing out $1.6 billion in 17 Latin American countries. And it confirms, finally, that the United Nations, with the helping hands of 248 named non-governmental organizations, the NGOs, is indeed giving debit cards to illegal migrants funded in large part by U.S. taxpayers. So that money is most often handed out, other U.N. documents show, as prepaid rechargeable debit cards, but also hard cash in envelopes, bank transfers, and mobile transfers the U.S. border-bound travelers can use for whatever they want. This is only one part of much broader UN hemisphere-wide vision that aims to spend $1.59 billion assisting about 3 million people in 17 countries who emigrated from home nations. And keep in mind, that's just their budget for the coming year. And it's worse than this, actually. They're facilitating it. They're paying for it. They're awarding these people for violating U.S. law. We are building the enemy's Trojan horse for them. Yeah, we're literally That's paying what, for it. Yeah. Yeah, we paid for the construction of the Trojan horse that is now across our border. The, the Trojan horse is not at the gate. It's inside the gate. That's what these professionals in law enforcement are telling you. It is imminent. The attack is imminent. Now, on what scale? We don't know. What I can tell on a, you on is— On a local scale, police officers are getting attacked. Yeah. And the people are walking with no bail. Yeah. Right. So the only thing that will prevent that from escalating is if there is an attack, if the local population, a well-armed militia, which is in our constitution, can respond to support law enforcement. That's the only way to suppress Brooks, I don't think we have the capacity in our country. I'm just going to say it. You might be surprised. Well, I might be, and I hope I am. I This is, like I said, I'm wrong often. This is one thing I hope I'm Well, wrong. I'll tell you, at least in certain parts of the states, I'll tell Amen. you. Amen. I agree. Where Around my neck of the woods, Yep. Uh, there's going to be some people armed to the teeth. And actually, let's just pray that they're not able to recruit them. But you try to run up up in Memphis, Tennessee— and, and and you're of the same ilk that you don't care if you're just if you're American, we're taking you out, bro. <laughs> I, I, I hate to tell you, you're going to catch a lot of this Go yourself. You're going to catch a lot of there's a lot of Southerners with that are well armed and know how to use it still. And I'll tell you, even if they're 60 or 70 years old, um, some of them jokers are veterans. Um, mm -hmm. Now, it's not my preferred course take me for my word this is the last thing that i want and yep. to aj's point you know i think the biggest cities the bigger cities that have been intentionally disarmed are the ones that are the most at risk most yes. of them are democratic run cities and most of them are what we would consider major cities in the united states new york chicago yes la, LA san francisco, san francisco. Mm -hmm. you know those are uh uh you know but honestly like Colorado, Utah, Texas, you know, D.C. I mean, there's a lot of Virginians that are armed, you know. So regionally, regionally, we have some, again, I, I hope you're wrong, and we both hope you're Me wrong. Too. 
Yep, we both hope I'm wrong. We both hope you're wrong, and I, uh, I guess I'm just playing. Just uh, yeah. Here's a th- I'm, Listen, I'm hopeful. The men who have been to war are the men who do not want war. Yeah. The boys playing video games think that they can handle it when the shit hits the fan, but the men who have seen it do not want it. Here's something that's interesting. The proposal that would prevent private paramilitary activity act that was just proposed. I'm going to ask you, I'm not going to go through all of this. I'm going to tell you the listener, if you, if you really want to prepare yourself, this is something you should go look for yourself. So I'm just going to summarize Recently, there was a proposal to ban people, more than three people, from being able to train together. Like if me, you, and Brooke wanted to go to the shooting range together, shooting range together, we can. But if me, you, and Brooke, and my wife, and your wife, or whoever wanted to go with us, we are now out of. Uh, we, we would be now out of alignment with this new proposal. So uh, listen, people, we have an administration that is, they are the, they're the Trojan horse. This administration is the Trojan horse. Everything that we are seeing, all of these distractions, I'm not saying they are in partnership with this extremist possibility that we're talking about. Personally, I think they're more aligned with the other people we brought up that, have their own agenda, right? And here's some good news. You want some good news, Brooks? Please, God. I don't think the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, and the UN are going to be successful in what they're trying to do because the extremists that have been planning and allowing all of this stupidity to happen are going to beat them to their their agenda. Our threat... I don't think we're going to see a ban on fossil fuels. I don't think we're going to see fake meat be the only source and real meat being banned. I don't think we're going to see only electric cars. I don't think we're going to see, we might see the CBDC, but I don't think it's going to last very long because the other guys who have allowed all of this other crap to happen, they haven't been participating. They've been strategizing for their agenda. So the good news is, is all this other stuff that we've been distracted by that we think is going to be the downfall of our nation isn't. What's going to happen is shit's going to pop off in another way. This is this is just AJ's own thoughts and own two cents, right? You, you're welcome to disagree with me. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with uh, you, the listener, disagreeing with what I have to say. I just wanted to propose something to think about and consider for you and your family. Um, while we're allowing, so we've presented some facts and we've gotten into some, uh, we've gotten into conversations and now we're into some hypotheses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. into the, the speculation phase. This, speculation. at this point, this is speculation. The beginning people are raising the red flag saying this is happening. Be prepared. Understand that this is happening. Facts. Now we're into some. Definitely uh, speculation. Now we're into some speculation. I will. I, well, you did not wear the tinfoil hat for this episode on purpose, but it's a bit of I, a tinfoil moment for me. Okay. Yeah. When Audience. I, when I did go into, <laughs> when I did go into that, I was like, oh, I should have grabbed my hat for a second. Cause it is, it is hypothesis for me. My, 
the next hypothesis moment, the real speculatory moment is whether or not this is being used to drum up money and economy. Mm. And you know who would benefit a lot from inside attacks of the United States besides the political movements that obviously want those things? Weapons manufacturers. Mm. You know where most of them are? In the U.S. They're in Texas. And, Interesting. And, and seeing some boots on the ground reports of uh, Texas's pushback to the federal government is mostly um, a political argument instead of a real one. Because the places that they're showing, you walk three miles down the road and there's no fence. I saw that. <laughs> so... While I agree that Texas has been uh, along all the border, all the border states have been carrying an unfair burden for a long time of this problem, and it was mostly ignored. It's gotten to the point where it can't and shouldn't be ignored by the mainstream anymore. And at the same time, it could be argued that a lot of the that the political class itself, the Republicans and the Democrats, both agree that we need we have a shortage of labor who are willing to work hard jobs for less money as we move into a technological society. So what I'm about to say is also fact. This is to add to my speculation, okay? But the fact of markets is that we've been moving into a technological era which is making which is creating hyper productivity which is lessening the value of human capital or human work. Mm, yeah. Okay. okay. So since we're a first world nation and we have expected first world's um, money to for our productivity, what people don't realize is that human capital is the cheapest it's ever been in the history of the world. Mm. So the jobs or the wages that you want to return because you feel like it's our rightful, um, it's, it's, it's our rights to be able to receive productivity or work, the value of our work and productivity. But because technology has so strongly increased the productivity to compare to human capital, there's no, the only places wages are going to go for certain things are down. Yeah. Right. And, and now we've hit our floor where like the young Gen Z's are like, I don't want to go to work because I'm not going to make a hundred K. Right. You know, I don't want to go work for a job. I didn't, I was sold a bit and Hey, I was sold a bill of goods too. My generation was the one that really had it fractured mid spell, which was like, mm -hmm. as soon as you graduate, you're going to get a job. That's going to, you know, cause they present you all the numbers in college, like the average graduation rate, the average placement rate of people into jobs, graduating from this college, average salaries. And they basically insinuate when you graduate, you will get a $60,000 a year job. And that was in 2008. I can imagine that they're told that average salaries for these positions are roughly $100,000. And when you get out of here, that's that's how colleges sell you on coming to their institutions. Right. right. Okay. But really, they're a, a, a black hole of government money, most of them. <laughs> yeah. That, yep. that, and so the more enrollment that they get, the more money that they get. So they have to convince more people to come to their school. You understand? Mm -hmm. So yep. I can accept and agree with we were sold a bill of goods. It happened. It's been happening. I agree with you. And you're also missing the fact that your 
salaries for most industries are trucking down compared to the cost of living. And that's because technology is replacing so much productivity. And now we have a whole generation, not all, we have a large swath of an entire generation that will not work, does not want to work. Mm -hmm. And so if you allow also, you call them military age men. I also call them prime working age men and women. And we Part of the belief is that we need to outpopulate our enemies who are on a population decline. Hmm. And the different tactics that we may use to outpopulate, well, our, our people are getting fat and sick and aren't populating like we need them to open the borders up. Let's get a fresh batch of hard working class people that will work for less money because wages are only going down and we need them in here. And yeah, you know, we might get a percentage of terrorists in here. But, you know, we have calculated all of the scenarios and the war games that like it's going to be fine. Yeah, we're, but this is just the trade off that you got to make as we're transitioning into the technological society that we're moving into. And they're they're related. They're intimately related and they're both radically misunderstood because if you're only receiving the information from the news sources and from Instagram and from t- and uh, Twitch, uh, well, Twitch, yeah, but uh, what's the T word? TikTok. TikTok. If you're only receiving that, you're missing a lot of context. Yeah, right. You need a certain level of education to have the context for what's happening on the global scale, why the globalist agenda is what it is. Why is it? It's like, well, they've run the numbers and they're pretty cold hearted and they're like, you know what? Like, screw it, you know? And yeah, uh, it might take a couple of thousand Palestinians and a couple of thousand poor Americans and a couple of thousand, a couple of hundred thousand of global citizens to die at a repetitive process for as long as it takes to transition into the technological society. But they feel like they're doing it for the best of, you know, for the larger human uh, experiment. And so... Yeah, like I think to maybe like close the loop on the first half of the show more than more than half. We only have I want to catch up on the soil conference, but please, and as AJ said, do your own research. And it's not just do your own research, like get on TikTok, like try to understand and learn about things that are driving the under the underpinning drivers of why things are what they are and if you believe that the the only reason we've unlocked the gates or whatever to the border is simply because we're humanitarian yeah or that or that we're stupid i mean and and in some cases we've kind of just said the biden administration is just ignorant and stupid and that's why they've let it go on or they've been captured by this globalist agenda and that's why they're going on like they may have done the mental calculus on the on the economy as well. They may have done the mental calculus on why we need a population boom for future wars, you know. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, uh, especially for the Democrats, most of the young generation that they're bringing are hyper conservative. Hyper conservative. Yeah. They really are. And they don't really realize that the Latin American community, you know, if you try to get them to vote blue and you want to start talking about trans transgenderism, sorry, you flipped them red. You just yeah. did it. You know, they're Catholic to the T. Yep. You know, yep. it's just the it, truth. Here's two things I would say on that. And we can, and then we can move on. One is as an employer who's employed immigrants, legal immigrants in the meat processing industry, 
we are fortunate as a nation to have them here because young American citizens, regardless of if you're not first generation immigrant. Okay. I'm just going to say that if you're, if you're not a first generation immigrant, uh, you don't want to work in a processing facility like you were saying, but I can count on my immigrant employees, my legal immigrant employees to show up to work every single day. They will show up to work missing an arm if they just lost their arm to do their job. If you'd let them, I have a tremendous amount of respect for every one of those guys I've ever served with. If I could walk into my cup floor and see every single one of them is a legal immigrant here working, I know the job's going to get done. I know the quality of the work we're going to do. And I know that I'm not going to have to worry if they show up to work tomorrow. I cannot say that for the other part of the, the community. And with all due respect to everyone who uh, is out there voting, voting blue, you really only have one, one source to look at for where those values come from. Mm. It's like that. daddy, daddy government's got to take care of you. Yeah. Daddy government, yeah. daddy, mommy government. Don't worry. That's why we're here. Yeah. You just give us more money. You give us more influence. You're going to make your life so great. And there is just, while I have a, while we actually, it's been great that some of the systems that have been put into place have actually benefited uh, the Americans and the globe on a, as just a mindset and philosophy that I need to outsource responsibility for my safety completely. You know, that's part of the gun situation. No, we, we are outsourcing our safety to, mm -hmm. to a public body. And that is the, that is the line between Democrats and Republicans mm. governmentally, not, not, uh, values wise. It's just in, this is the only question that matters to me at this point in my life on, uh, uh, which party you're a part of. Do you believe that government should have an increasing influence over your life and maximum or decreasing and less influence over your life? You know, and it, yep. I'm okay if you believe that this direction is the right one being they should have more influence and responsibility over me than I do. And that there are real tangible mental, psychological and physical effects of making that choice, just like there are emotional, physical and spiritual uh, ramifications for going the other direction and taking on personal responsibility because it's not easy. Yeah. It's not an easy yeah. path. Some days you might have to show up to work with one arm yep. because your family yep. needs you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Here's a, here's a, here's another fun thought exercise. Oh, we're having fun on this episode. Oh yeah. There's some fun here. Hold on. We might, oh, we, might, we might actually get to have a little fun on this episode. That's a perfect transition to what I'm about to say. Perfect. What if at the border it was lined with American citizens welcoming the people that came across saying, man, what a, what a, what a challenging, uh, uh, journey. What's the word? Journey. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. What a challenging journey you're on. Holy cow. What? A, cause, cause, and this is where this comes from. If I was in another country like that and I had a family to take care of, I would make that journey to make my family's life better. So I know there are some really good people in those caravans trying to get across. 
So just a fun thought exercise. I've thought about this every once. Like what what would it ha- what would have what would it have been like if we were there welcoming them with open arms? And and I'm a, I'm a I'm a I guess I'm I was gonna say I'm a I'm a closed border guy. I'm actually not. When you look at the planet from space, there are no borders. We we have conflict because we don't communicate. We don't know how to communicate. When I'm when I'm when I meet somebody that doesn't speak the language, my language, and I pull up like Google Translate or ChatGPT and I start having a conversation with technology, you can see a a, a, a physical change in the interaction, an excitement that we can actually communicate. My biggest frustration is I don't know those languages to really get into conversation because you know, barring the few, just like in our own country that have been brainwashed, mental health issues and all of these things, and they and they really only want to do destruction, barring that, what would our society be like if it was like, oh man, that that what a harrowing journey. How can we help you? You needed help finding a job? You need help like we could sure use a lot more farmers and ranchers in this country. <laughs> Why don't, why don't you come and work with us here? Cause everybody I've ever met that is in those positions and they have built those relationships. They are close bonds because they're human beings just like we are. And it's extending the olive branch and the communication. So while I'm having this conversation, I want you to know that two things are true at the same time. I love people. I love people. And it would be amazing if we lived in a world that, that was capable of that sort of dialogue, because here's the other thing, those people that are coming across with the bad people, if you could create that relationship, they would be your ally. And they would say, yo, this guy, you don't want this guy because they're not wanting to leave the place that they've been persecuted to come to another place to get persecuted. But when we, when we put every single one of them in the same camp and we lump them all together, Human beings, human nature, right? Even people that came across for something better, when better doesn't show up and they get into a state of starvation or or survival, they're going to transition from hope and possibility to survival. So when we lump all these people together and we're not willing to seek out those, you know, like uh, like Mister Rogers said, look for the helpers. There's helpers in every society and there's a lot of helpers that came across yeah but we won't know who they are unless we're willing to work with them yeah and and get to know them and understand how we can support them and honestly there's probably some that came here to do the bidding of their dictators that with love would say i don't never mind you know anyway so you know what it's gonna get wild that's we'll wait to have Brooke back before we get the soil health conference update. Sounds good. I think you, I think you landed in a real nice spot there. <laughs> good. It's important to understand the nuance that we're not against people coming to the United States. Mm-mm. It's actually recognizing that the, the how that this is happening is also has its own challenges, dangers, and things that you should also be aware of. This isn't the first time in human history where swaths of people needed to migrate. Nope. The United States was built on just the exact <laughs> thing. 
Exactly. Was people that were trying to escape a tyrannical society, societies, where they had no hope, where they had no prospects, where they were going to be kicked down no matter how they tried, and they and they came here. And some of them that came here during those times came here with the intent to harm. Imagine, I imagine that if technology existed back in the day when Europeans colonized the U.S., a couple of war chiefs would be sitting here having the same conversation. Yeah. So be kind to people. Love people. That is how you win the spiritual war. But when it comes to the the dogs of war, that some of the elites and elites and even in these other societies that hate Western society, they're the elite of their society. If they're directing people on how to do it and what to do, they're the elites of their society. They're the ones that unleash the dogs of war. They're the ones that are trying to inflict pain, suffering, harm onto other people. You don't have to be that person, but you can be a person that recognizes the reality of the world, that there are people that intend to do harm, that are actively coming to do harm, specifically right now in the United States. And if you don't shake the hand that feeds you, and I mean, like, shake the hand of people that are coming across. Like, this just mm-hmm. sh- get to know, like, look at them. Don't just sit and learn about these things on a news cycle or on TikTok. Like, if you're in these cities, go be with those people and show them what a real American is. You know, because when if the things were to pop off, like you said, you 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 want the advocate saying, hey, this isn't right. This person came here to do harm. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we can get more into the soil health conference next week, but you're, if you're yeah. flu, no better time than to remind people to shake the hand that feeds you, because if something happens, your food supply chain is going to be going to be disrupted. Absolutely, it, it's just gonna. And yep. that's another way that you can protect your family uh, is to be prepared. So AJ, thank you so much for that. Um, we'll get Brooke, who had some technical difficulties, back on next week, and uh, we will be back for episode sixteen, and we'll talk about the soil health conference. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Brooks. You got it.